At the beginning of 2016, Connor O'Leary was putting in hours working at his local surf shop. Later that year, he won the QS and secured his spot on the 2017 Championship Tour, where he'd go on to win the Rookie of the Year and finish 13th. It's a bit of a rockier road in the years since, but only professionally. Connor's surfing has never wavered. Surf fans and former world champs all agree Connor's surfing is at the highest level. And so Connor's falling off of tour in 2018 and losing a sponsor last year brings into focus a much bigger conversation that has come up quite a bit more and more frequently on this podcast. And that is what constitutes a professional surfer and what percentage of that equation is actual talent in the water, the surfing itself. This short series of podcasts was intended to be with CT athletes sitting in quarantine waiting for the Australian leg to start. Connor's an Australian resident, so he completed quarantine back in December when he returned from stop one at Pipeline. So he's been at home in New South Wales, free to roam and prepare for the event in Newcastle. My name is David Scales, this is Surf Splendor, and here's my conversation with Connor O'Leary, recorded at 4 p.m. California time on March the 16th. How are you? Okay. I'm well. How are you doing? Good. I'm just um, in the car, just driving up to Surf Debar because it's just a few waves today. So, yeah. Epic. Epic. Can yeah. we do this while you're driving? How much time do you got? You got 30, 30 minutes or so? Yeah, I'm saying. I got someone driving for me. <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah, yeah. No, Good. Uh, I was concerned about your health and well-being. <laughs> We've got uh, James, James Woods here. He's actually the uh, Uber driver for today. Epic. Woody. I remember I remember that Woody I remember that Woody footage from back in the day. Yeah. He's uh yeah, been working with him for probably like two years now, so we're just kind of just testing a few boards before the whole thing starts. What kind of boards? Um just a bunch of like rooks and chows and and all that. Do you have a model that you're generally uh committed to? Um, usually I ride the bunny chow when it's small and then the rook 15 when there's kind of probably waves over head high or head high end over um, so yeah they're probably the, the two models that I ride the most Who who's yeah. the shaper that you work with uh, his name's Matt Penn he's from Motorvale um, yeah so I've been working with him since the very beginning and uh, we kind of got a really good relationship on um, trying to build the best surfboards for my surfing. And yeah, it's been good so far. Got it. So I'm just curious, like for a listener who um, is riding, let's say a bunny chow, how similar is the one they're getting off the rack compared to what you're getting from him? Like what, how significant are the adjustments that you make in that relationship? They're not too different. Um I'm a, I'm, a bit, I'm a bigger guy, so it's kind of uh, foam is your friend. Um, so, like, a bit full of rails, a um, bit of thickness in the tail, just so I can kind of – it helps me drive and maintain speed. And, uh, yeah, I feel like comparing to the stock ones, they're pretty similar to the ones that I have. Um, don't really want to change too much because, um, you know, what's the point of changing something that already works? So, 
yeah, just kind of tweaking. It's more just kind of like tweaking with different materials, like with the spine tech and maybe going an inch shorter if it's really small. But uh, apart from that, just kind of keeping it simple with, yeah, the dimensions that I've, I'm working with. Gotcha. Um, yeah. The fact that you're even in a car outdoors with another human being puts you at a significant advantage over everybody yeah. else that I've talked to in this series. Um, yeah. How are you taking advantage of this time while all of your competitors are in lockdown? It's funny. It, uh, I mean, after Hawaii, when it got cancelled, myself, I was staying with Wade, Carmichael at the time, and we kind of just went, let's get out of here as quickly as possible to, to just go home and do the two-week quarantine so we can kind of get back in the swing of things and give ourselves enough time before these events. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we've got a bit of an advantage for sure because I've, personally, when I come out, came out of quarantine, it took me it took me a little bit to kind of get back in the swing of surfing okay again and kind of getting my timing back and just kind of moving your body and using your body in the surf again. It took me probably, you know, a bunch of surfs to kind of get back to normal. So I feel like we've got a bit of an advantage seeing that all those guys are in quarantine at the moment and uh, are kind of doing that. But at least, I mean, I guess they've got, I think they've got, what, 10 days or a week before the whole thing starts. So yeah. um, I feel like, yeah, a week a week was a good, good amount of time that it took to kind of get back in the swing of things for sure. Um, so prior to pipe, you had a whole year off. Obviously everybody did. And yep. historically the majority of pro surfers careers kind of exist in their twenties. Did you view having that year off? Is that something that you think will actually hinder your career or is it something that could rejuvenate your surfing for the years to come? Uh, no, I, don't, I definitely don't think, I think it kind of, improved my surfing because it gave me a year to to really focus on on aspects of my surfing um i feel like for myself i wasn't that i wasn't that type of person that you know had had early early career like i kind of the first year i qualified i was 23 so i guess the average age nowadays is probably around that early 20s um i feel like i'm surfing as better now than I ever have purely based on, you know, being able to have a year to just work on different aspects of my surfing to make it more exciting. And especially being a bit more in tune and a bit more hands-on with the equipment that I've been riding. And instead of just, you know, having that short span of time in between events to just not be able to kind of experiment with new designs and, and things like that. And also work on different parts of my surfing that, you know, need work. So um, I feel like last year was, was great for me to just kind of have different goals that aren't so competitive based. Right. And focus on parts of my surfing that I want to improve on and make more exciting for um, this year's season. So yeah, it was, I think it was great. Well, you talk about um, working on making your surfing more exciting. What do you mean specifically and what can you work on to do that? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm now residing on the North Coast in, in Lennox Head and uh, I feel like as a goofy footer and living up on the North Coast, there's a lot of rights. So, um, you know, 
trying to vary up different parts of my surfing on my back end has definitely been was a definitely a huge uh, goal for me last year. And we got such amazing waves all year last year, so it was kind of good to be able to, you know, free up parts of my surfing backside that I would have never have had the opportunity to. Uh, you know, backside surfing is, it can get so one-dimensional and I feel like for a couple of years now, because I was focused more on, you know, the QS and, um, and all that, that I never really gave myself the opportunity to try and improve and not be as one-dimensional on your back end because I feel like on your back end, it's, there's only so many certain tweaks that you can do to make a turn look different. Um, so, yeah, I just focused a lot on that and uh, I had a lot of opportunity seeing as though, you know, the points up here were really good during that winter time and, um, yeah, just kind of doing newer things and trying to do them as much as I can to create a habit so then when I can use them in competition, it's not, it's not like it's something new. So, yeah. So right as you work on those things on your backhand, snapper gets stripped off the schedule, bells get stripped off the schedule and they get replaced with Newcastle and Narrabeen. Do you look at that reshuffling of the leg as a risk or uh, an advantage to your surfing? Um, I mean, Meriwether is usually a pretty dominant ride anyway. So that's um, definitely not a risk. And I guess with Narrabeen, that's, that's really exciting because there isn't many lefts on tour. And um, I feel like as a goofy footer, being on the world tour, you, you definitely don't get many opportunities um, to, to go left. And as, as a goofy footer, I love going left. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's actually, it's definitely not a risk. You know, I've, I've always kind of had a, I've had more opportunity backside. So yeah, to be able to kind of showcase what I can do front side is, is really exciting. And, and a wave like now, I've been kind of, when I was going, when it was there. Um, so kind of spent a lot of time growing up watching and kind of surfing now being so, and it's amazing wave. So it's pretty, uh, it's very exciting. Have you ever surfed on Rottnest? No, I haven't. But I heard that's kind of pretty similar, like good left. Pretty exciting because it's something new. And, um, yeah, it's going to be good to, to watch as well as as, as be a part of. Um, because, you know, usually the tours are just, you know, those, those 11 events that everyone, that they do every year. And to go to somewhere completely different, it's going to be super exciting. I know. And... With uh, the normal tour stops, you can always pick favorites for the event, John, John at Margaret's or whatever. And do you think that this new stop kind of levels the playing field a little bit, or if not, does it advantage somebody specifically? Um, No, I think it's definitely going to, to ruffle some feathers with, you know, no, no one's going to know really who who to pick and, and all that, especially with Merriweather and, and narrowband because you know maybe the waves aren't going to be as perfect and um and all that so i feel like everyone's kind of going to be on a level playing field and um it's going to be super exciting to watch you know the world's best in maybe conditions that 
aren't as perfect so that are a bit more relatable to you know everyone else and um to be able to showcase everyone surfing in waves that you know might not be the perfect snapper that you know you dream about but i think it'll still be exciting for sure um i remember hearing chloe andino at some i think it was chloe at some point years ago talking about making his way into the top 10 and then kind of focusing on the top five and then kind of focusing on a world title you're sitting 17th is it too ambitious to set your sights on a world title right now or what what's your ambition um i think you know my my goal at the end of this whole thing is to definitely be in the shop for a world title i think this year definitely isn't a goal my main goal is to try and um try and win an event um you know you you gotta i mean at the end of the day everyone's goal is to win a world title but um i feel like this year is definitely not my focus it's more focusing on on trying to win one um i got second in fiji a couple of years ago and um that was amazing. So just kind of backing my ability and, you know, a lot of confidence into each event to try and win it instead of like, you know, just trying to get through a few heats is um, definitely a goal that I'm going to try and attain this year for sure. In 2016, you won the QS. Um, You got rookie of the year in 2017. You finished 13th that year, which is a huge result for a rookie. And then there was a lot of expectation on you to improve upon that in 2018, but you actually finished 26th and then failed to requalify. Can you tell me what your perspective is on that now, uh, on that 2018 performance? Um, I think, I think that in 2018, um, there was a lot of communication errors that I you know, I put on, I put on, you know, blame myself for not doing it as much. Um, it was a big year. There was a lot of, lot of events. I was also doing a few of the QS events and um, that was when uh, Brit, Brit as well came into the picture and was, was keen on shaping me a few boards and, um, you know, uh, Brit and Penny have, you know, two different looks on, on, on their, their boards and their shapes. And uh, I got a bit, kind of a bit confused on you know which ones to choose and which ones are better or not and um yeah I just think it was more communication on my end that I didn't do enough of um in between that kind of confused the whole the whole purpose of of trying to get good boards and um therefore led me to um kind of just not be as confident in myself and I feel like as well um I I feel like I didn't improve Uh, I just thought because 2017 was so good I just thought I'd just roll you know if I if I was whatever I was doing in 2017 I'll just pick it up and do it again in 2018 but um as you know you know the judges are the judges and if they see you one year and you're doing great, they always want to see you improve the next year. Otherwise you, um, you know, they're just going to get bored of what you, what you're doing. And I feel like the seven, the six, you know, the sevens and eights I was getting in 2017, 
doing the same thing in 2018. I was getting fives and sixes and, you know, had a lot of close heats that didn't fall my way because I was too busy going, oh, I'm just going to just, it was working last year, I'm going to do it this year. Um, instead of going, okay, well, that worked, let's try and improve in my serving to make it better for next year. Um, so, yeah, then it kind of, um, yeah, like I said, I lost lost a bunch of close heats uh, that did go my way in the year before and, um, yeah, just kind of hindered my performance in that year and fell, fell just short. You talked about working with James. Uh, I presume you mean as a coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so since I've been living up in Lennox, um, I just looking for someone who, you know, had a. <laughs> he said, "Who's good looking?" I heard um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who I can trust and who understands, you know, surfboards and he, surfboards and surfing and um, because he had a you know illustrious career growing up in the juniors and all that he uh he understands and also he also shapes a bunch of boards for himself and and all that so he kind of gets the whole surfing thing yeah <laughs> so i started working with him uh in 20 20 end of oh, 2019 so yeah two years ago three years ago um just because i was i was looking for someone around around lennox that would just kind of give me an honest opinion you know how's the board look um, what do I need? What do you think I need to do? And um, I feel like over the past two years, we've created a really good relationship where, you know, it's just honesty. Um, you know, he tells me his honest opinion on how the board looks or what he thinks I should do to improve my surfing. And um, that's all I need. And he also, you know, grabs the camera out and he'll, he'll film and it's always good to, to watch you watch yourself surf on the boards that you're trying to um, think are good or not. So, um, it's been a great relationship and yeah, it's just, like I said, just, it's just pure honesty on, on both of our ends on how we've, you know, cause he's at the end of the day, he's trying to help me, um, be the best surfer I can. So, um, it's, it's been good. So you're going to go on and the road. It's also, and it's also funny. So it's kind of, um, <laughs> makes it less serious on, on that part. Amazing commentary. Yeah. Is he, uh, is he going to go if, on the road with you when you leave Australia? Um, I don't think just due to COVID and all that, I think that it's pretty limited to yeah. travel and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I don't think he's going to come to the Oz ones. Maybe. I don't know. We haven't really spoken about it. So, um, <laughs> um, yeah, but gotcha. maybe. Um, so I think a real interesting part of your story is, I mean, you were on Quicksilver for most of your career Yep. And I think they let you go. It might've been last year. What do you think was behind that decision? And also how did they communicate it to you? Um, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of, it's a bit of a shock in my opinion. Like it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like I was, uh, I was 2019. I was halfway through the year. So my contract ended in October and uh, I was doing pretty well on the QS at that time. I was, I think it was a week before going to Europe and that was kind of the last real leg before Hawaii. Um, and I was sitting pretty good, just came back from the US Open. I got a fifth. Um, I think I was sitting fifth or sixth or something. And uh, I was actually walking the dogs 
I was taking the dogs on the beach and uh, was walking along and got a call from Mickey and Mickey Picon, the um, European international guy from Quicksilver. And he pretty much just said, hey, you know, we can't um, renew your contract. Uh, you know, thanks for everything. Just, I just think just because my contract was up, it was easy for them to, uh, to just not renew it. And, um, you know, all, all respect to Mickey, it's, you know, nothing, it's nothing, it's not his fault. He's just the person that has to, has to, you know, relay the information. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer just because I, you know, I fell off and then the year after to kind of bounce back and be able to try and get back on and I was in such a good position. I, you know, there was a lot of, there was just a lot of, cure, you know, doubts and I was just like, you know, what's, what, are, what else do they what is what else did they need me to do and and all that because I was trying you know I was looking good to qualify again and um, at the end of the day it's just business if you you know um, they needed to save save some money and and myself and Jesse were on the same Jesse Mendez were on the same uh, same path you know we both got got uh, got dropped at the same time so um, yeah it's just one of them things it's just business and I just had to kind of um kind of give myself a bit more of a reason for my own on my own terms instead of you know um help you know doing it for for quicksilver it was kind of okay what's well, on your own back now you know financially and and everything you've got to kind of pick it up and you know go smash the rest of the year and show everyone that you know you can you can still do it even though you know it was probably one of the biggest low lights of my life you know just kind of just because it kind of came out of nowhere and uh I was doing everything I could in my eyes I was doing everything I could to try and get back on there and um there was just a lot of whys in, in my own head and um yeah it was it was kind of it fueled the fire to go to Europe and and try and get some more results and then end the year strong to to get back on tour so I feel like 2019 was probably one of the most satisfying years of my life just because I had to overcome a lot of things you know I had to overcome that which is a huge thing in my life because you know Quicksilver I've been with Quicksilver for so long and uh yeah it was good it was I was I was proud of myself more mentally because I turned it around and instead of you know it would have been so easy to just go up and done you know no one believes in me um, and all that. So it was good that I, I was proud of myself that I just kind of turned it around and went, you know, let's, you, you, it's on your own back now. Let's give it all you got and um, show everyone that you can still, you know, get, get on there and um, show the world how you surf. So, yeah. Is there, uh, does the math pencil out for traveling the world on the CT without a main sponsor? Is, is there a way to have a viable career and earn a living without the sponsor support? For sure, there definitely is. Um, you know, it's it's definitely not as it's. I guess, yeah. I mean, you just it's just you just got to give it all you got, and um, the more hits you make, you know, the a person who may not have a main sponsor, or you know, I've never really had the stardom my whole career to be able to do to be able to do it and do it successfully for the especially more for the kids who 
are coming up who may not have that crazy good talent from the get-go and, you know, are just trying to work hard to try and see if they can get better at surfing. And, um, and it's more those kids that I'm kind of trying to inspire because I was one of them kids when I was young, you know, I was never that, that one kid who was like, you know, he's amazing. You know, he's, he's going to be a world champ or he's going to make tour one day. I was just one of them kids who was kind of just middle-class trying to get better at surfing. And, you know, if I can do it, a lot of, a lot of other kids in that same situation can. And that's, yeah. you know, thing I'm, I want to, I want to get out of If I can help inspire kids in that kind of bracket, to you know tell them to keep at it and it might be tough um and yeah that's my job done to be honest well seven weeks ago stab magazine posted a video of you hammering a wave at i think it was lennox and former quicksilver staffer damian farenfort wrote in the captions he said quote quick should show <laughs> quick should show this to their existing team riders when they're asking for raises which, yeah. which was not only funny, but it was poignant because I think it represents yeah. that surfing ability isn't the main criteria for some uh, brand's decision uh, in yeah. sponsoring athletes anymore. For sure. Like it, it's funny. Um, yeah. It's, it's not about, there's, there's a lot of, oh, well, I'm the kind of the perfect example. Oh, it's not about the surfing. It's not all about the surfing that um, in that the industry cares about these days um you know social media is a big one now um branding yourself as as best as possible um you know you look at the guys like italo and and canara and leo and that they're all you know their social medias are through the roof and um that's that's definitely becoming a, a major factor in in how the surf industries pick their athletes um which is a little bit of a bummer because you know, for my, like myself, you know, they come to the, the end and go, you know, what's, they look at the stats and the following and all that. And mine isn't as high as those guys. And they just kind of go, yeah, well, um, he might be doing well, but you know, he's not maybe overall in the person that, you know, we need to put our money in, which is he's, a bummer, but he's not yeah, posting I mean, enough selfies. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not kind of, yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to do it you know to to do social media in my own form without trying to be like everyone else you know yeah. so it's just a fine line and i feel like that that comment from from Duma was was really satisfying just because you know he's such a highly respectable person in the surfing industry and um for him to to say something like that on stab i was kind of like yeah that felt good he, na- <laughs> that was he cool. nailed it, it really, yeah it was really cool that he um, he thought that way and, uh, yeah. So what do you think, what do you think will be required to secure a main kind of marquee sponsor? Uh, I'm not sure. I guess every, every, every surf industry, I mean, every brand in the surf industry has their different, uh, ways on how they're sponsoring athletes. And I guess these days, um, you know, there isn't that big, money anymore um especially in one brand i feel like you know it's not like there's not as many of those quicksilvers and billabongs and rip curls that are like yeah we're gonna throw a lump sum at you i feel like it's more of those those little brands that you kind of 
that add up the stickers on the board and um, therefore, you know, create a lump sum um, is kind of where I think it's going. Um, so, yeah, it's just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm not really focusing on trying to attain a, a major sponsor or anything. I just want to uh, let my surf, you know, focus more on my, on, you know, what I'm good at which is surfing and, um, and try and keep it, keep improving on that. And, uh, let, I guess, let the results and let the surfing do the talking, um, and grow like that because, you know, I feel like a lot of people would get caught up in that whole industry, you know, trying to be some, maybe trying to be someone that you're not. And, um, that's not in my nature. I'd rather just work hard and, work hard on my surfing and then let the results and the surfing do the talking on the world stage. And, um, and then, yeah, kind of have, no, you know, then, and then there's no excuses for, um, myself to, you know, to go. Yeah. There's just, then there'll be no excuses. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, each, every one of those brands, regardless of who they are, will say that authenticity matters most in their athletes. And yeah. And so I think you're being authentic to yourself by focusing on improving your surfing and competitive results. And so the right relationship will come or it won't, but you know, it's not exactly. worth doing unless it's, unless it's authentic. Exactly. I'm a big, I'm a big believer of, you know, things happen for a reason and um, I'm just going to keep working hard on, you know, I, my whole career has been just working hard on trying to get better at surfing. Um, it's never it's never been, you know, I've never had anything given to me or, or anything like that. It's all just purely, I'm just that person who, who has to work hard for, you know, f to, to try and, to try and improve their career and try and improve their surfing. And, um, yeah, I'll just keep doing that because it's working pretty good at the moment. And, um, yeah, just let myself do the talking. Uh, you said that you want to, your focus is on winning an event more than it is winning the world title at the moment. Yeah. You're sitting in 17th. Let's say you win Newcastle. What will be required of you throughout the rest of the year to make that top five into lowers? Um, I think it's just consistency. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I guess the consist the most consistent, the five most consistent people will, will be the the one that the ones at the top so um yeah it's just trying to get consistent results and surf surf heats consistently and then i'll um i'll eventually get there i think so yeah that's well, that's my goal is just trying to be consistent and also trying to um just show show people that you know i'm not that i'm not that guy who can only do a backside snap um because that's um, where I feel like I was headed and, um, yeah, I just, I don't want people to think, you know, this is the guy that can only do a backside snap and, um, yeah, I can kind of do everything. <laughs> well, speaking of consistency, leaving Oz, the three events that are still on the schedule are Rio, Surf Ranch and Tahiti. And how do you feel those bode for you? Yeah, I feel like Rio is kind of a little bit like Meriwether. Um, kind of shifty and just beaches and um, when that left points on it's it's really good so um, I feel like that's definitely you know I've had good results there in the past even before 
they had the CT there when they had the QS, um, the QS 10,000s there. Um, so, yeah, it's not a place that's that I've had, you know, has been bad luck for me. Also, Tahiti, um, I've had the both years I was on tour, I had really good results at Tahiti. Um, I guess growing up surfing uh, slabby waves down the south coast in Cronulla um, has definitely led me into going to Tahiti feeling a lot more comfortable than what I, I guess, anticipated. Um, so, yeah, it's it's definitely been um, a good place for me and uh, definitely a good place for me to kind of feel comfortable and, and know that I can get results. Yeah. I think I've, I think both years I got ninth. So, Solid. Um, yeah, so it's, it, it's been a good spot for me. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, I've got a, there's a, there's been a, there's a break at home um, in Cronulla that I grew up surfing. Um, that is pretty similar to not, not, you know, mirroring image of Chubbs, but, you know, pretty similar, like, um, like slabby, thing that that i used to i grew up surfing so that's kind of the reason why i've felt comfortable there and kind of had got pretty good results solid well i appreciate you taking the time uh out of the car man. ride yeah that worked out nicely behind, by the way it looks nice that one back there yeah oh, that that's the happy yeah. two or the hey. two happy the two happy yeah nice you got one of them they're pretty good eh? I haven't ridden it yet. I've got um, I've got a, I've got a traction pad ready to go, but there's been some weather yeah, here, so waiting for the yeah, weather to pass. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, hey, thanks. We'll be looking for the win at Nui, and uh, you said you don't, you said you don't want the world title this year, but I'm saying if you get a win, all you got to get is into the top five, and you could win the title in a day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's definitely a goal that I've got in the back of my mind, but. For now, the one that I've got is definitely to to win an event. Once I do that, then I guess the goal will have to elevate towards, you know, being in that top five and, and you know, giving it all I got for it, a world title. It's there. It's in the crosshairs. Yeah. So I feel, yeah, I feel good at the moment and I'm really excited for these next events. And um, like I said, to showcase what uh, the hard work that I've been doing throughout last year. And um, yeah, hope everyone enjoys it. Epic. We'll be watching. Cheers, mate. Thanks right. for that. Yeah. Shout out and thank you to Connor O'Leary for taking the time. Uh, while he isn't quarantined in a hotel room, and really I've got to imagine that that creates um, a distinct advantage for all the surfers who are not quarantined, but um, so be it. It's the way that the cards fell this year. And if you're enjoying this short series of episodes with CT athletes, we should have at least one or two more before they get out of lockdown in the next few days. Of course, Scott Bass and I are discussing everything as it relates to the WSL and beyond over on Spit, we dropped an episode this week. And then Chas Smith and I devised a plan, thanks to one ingenious listener's feedback. We've devised a plan to raise up Kaiwa Belly, support his world title campaign. We are going to disrupt the brand slash athlete sponsor model, and we can all invest and own part of professional surfing. So go over to The Grit to listen to that. Much more to come as that project 
develops. And I hope that you enjoy your weekend and that you're getting waves wherever you are in the world. So until next week, this is, of course, David Scales for Surf Splendor, reminding you to get back into the ocean, share some waves, and of course, shred off. Yes, the story.